Yeah, you hear that? This is the greatest show. David and I will light it up, and we won't come down. Thank you, Hugh Jackman, who has been running all over the United States and Canada for not giving me permission to use that song, but mainly to inspire what our show will be, the greatest show. That's it. Changing the name. Everything. We are no longer seen on screen. But if we were, <laughs> it's myself and David, and of course... Don't confuse the people. We are the people's champions and the people's choice. I am the people's choice. That means I'm the people's champion. So, together, we have won every wrestling title known to men. Pretty much. If we wrestled. But we wrestle. There's a huge difference. One, you get to wear boxers outside of your pants. Wait, you don't wear boxers outside of your pants? Only when they're polka dot. <laughs> uh, take it in. Take that it was, in. <laughs> no, I, I, it, was, it was planned. Because was you know what? a good joke. What is, where are we going <laughs> with this? Um, I was going to say, this is like the lull of the summer. So as you guys have probably noticed, we weren't around last week. We're staggering our shows because there's so little news going on through the summer that we want to make sure that we're giving you quality shows, not quantity of crap. Um, with that being said, we did get some news today. We have some cool games that are coming out in the next week or two, and let's just get into it. Let's start off with the big news from Nintendo today. Oh, yeah, the biggest news, actually. I'm surprised that... Luigi uh, died. Was Luigi ever alive? Was Luigi ever real? Just like pigeons. Actually, speaking of Luigi... Just a quick segue. In Mario Odyssey, he is the most annoying thing in the world after you've beaten the game. Hey, brother, come and join me finding balloons on all these levels, but you have to log online first. Over and over and over again. I just keep knocking him out of the air with my hat and then moving Oh, because you don't have a Nintendo Switch online? Oh, yeah, you do, because you're part of my family. I am. I'm your estranged brother. Yes. Um, but... Yeah, it's just he's he's such a use like I wish they would have used like the toads for that. You could have actually done something fun with Luigi. Like two player missions or something instead of using Cappy, but whatever. The Switch Lite is coming out. And it is exactly <laughs> what we right, thought it would get right into it. <laughs> I've gotta I've gotta yeah. dive into that because yeah. we have a lot of Nintendo stuff to do today. That yeah, I was make- actually I don't know how I feel about the Switch Lite. Like I get it. It has that niche because there is a lot of people who think that the Switch is still too big to be a handheld. And um, they're not wrong. I yeah, I kind of have to agree with that. Like, I will bring my Switch around with me, but there's certain times that I don't like bring it with me because it's kind of clunky, right? Like, it's not the most portable item. But the Switch Lite isn't that much smaller. It's not like you can fold it and put it in your pocket. It's a so you're fi- still getting. It's a five and a half inch screen. That's not that much smaller. Uh, what's a? It's like a seven-inch screen. That's yeah, it's still, still kind of small. Uh, I don't know. They took out some cool things, like the ability to use the TV. Well, I thought you could still use like the the extended dock to play it. No, apparently, they say that it won't work with the dock. Like it won't output video. Even if you use the USB C, that people have purchased yeah they probably have just disabled the video output option in in the firmware for that i'm sure someone's going to eventually hack it and enable it but so to be honest with you i wasn't 100 percent sure about that but that to me is a no-go like if you're saving 200 or do we know 
What is going to be Canadian yet? Uh, pro- I'm gonna I'm gonna guess like two forty nine. So one hundred and fifty dollars off for the inability to play it on your television. It's still wider. You can't disconnect the Joy Cons. Well, it's designed as a primary, like a primarily portable system. The the neat thing about it, though, I will give it is it does go back to a traditional D pad, which yeah. is kind of nice. And and you know what? They can do that because that side that Joy Con doesn't detach, right? So uh, when it's when you're playing in handheld mode, those buttons have only ever been the D pad. Now. Hopefully they go to the D-pad with like the little rocker style, yeah. Right, instead of the kind that they have in the uh, Pro controller, because the D-pad's not the greatest. Yeah, there's no tabletop function, no rumble function. Um, the motion camera has also been removed. I'm yeah, it's weird trying. that they took uh, they took out rumble. Altogether, or, Rumble's or, such or, a sorry, mainstay out, for video games. They now, took though. out HD Rumble, so maybe it might still have like a Rumble mechanism in the the system. But I hope that it does, because mm-hmm. if they took that out, then it's just kind of well. I guess like the uh, 3DS and the Vita and all the other handheld systems out there have never had Rumble, but a lot of games kind of like have rumble features added in there just to augment or like enhance the game play mm-hmm. right so i'm i'm hoping that they just got rid of the hd rumble right like with the uh like the different zones of rumble and stuff like that and just had like have like a generic rumble mechanism like that's in your phone or um anything like that yeah, so I'm just I'm looking at some of the other details here. It is going to launch on the 20th of September, so well before Pokemon. And I'm assuming because there just says here in, in the announcement that uh, the colors will be yellow, gray, or turquoise. Carrying cases and screen protectors will also be available, as well as special edition units yet to be revealed. Yeah, there's been talks that there's going to be a... Uh, a Pokemon one, a, I'd assume. A Sword and Shield one. But it does come out um, October... No, September 20th. Yeah. And then Pokemon comes out in November. So, like, yeah. there is still time. Um, there is no, as you said, video output to television whatsoever. Um, it also has no kickstand. But it's not designed to be a, like, a so. So here's the one switch. thing I think Nintendo slightly messed up with. Hear me out. What if you wanted to play Super Mario Odyssey? You play it in handheld mode. Yes, you play it in handheld mode. Or Pokemon uh, Let's Go. A lot of these games that they've designed to have the Joy-Cons being like flippable and switchable um, or just like movable. You can't even play on this even if you put it like purchase the second set of Joy-Cons and set it up even against something. Mm -hmm. You're alienating... A large part of the the fan base who may still want to play these types of games maybe couldn't afford a Switch but can afford the cheaper model but now can't play games to their full potential. Like as I said to you previously and to our listeners, when I was playing Super Mario Odyssey, I was trying to play with the Pro Controller and then I tried playing in handheld mode. 
And then I was told by a, a friend of mine that if you play it in that, like, the hands-free mode, or not hands-free, in Joy-Con mode, the game is far more enjoyable. You kind of get a feel for moving Mario a lot better. And the, the game is very organic. So, like, all your movements that you're doing with your hands and your wrists are organic to the game. But if you're trying to, like, flip Cappy down, you're, like, flicking the handheld mode straight mm-hmm. down. So that, I mean, maybe there's going to be... That's why they've included the D-pad. So when you throw and hit down, it goes downwards opposed to using the, the joystick. I don't know. Pokemon Let's Go is super simple now. Hit B. It's just but it's see, unfortunate but- that they're alienating... Uh, a group of people who may want to purchase the light just to have as a, a second version or whatever. Or for people who, like, I mean, if you're buying it for 249 and then you're buying a set of Joy-Cons, you might as well buy the whole system. Yeah. I think it's more for the people who, like, I, I can't play Super Mario, Super Mario Odyssey with a pro controller or in handheld mode. It's just, it's not, it was never really designed for that. But there are tons of other games that you can just play it in uh, handheld mode or with a pro controller. So yeah. I don't think they're necessarily alienating a huge group of people because if there's still the gyro in it, you're still going to be able to take advantage of the motion controls for catching in, say, Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu or Eevee. Um, same thing with like the aiming mechanics in... Um, Breath of the Wild and many other games that use the gyros for just aiming and there's a lot of games that don't even use that in general or doesn't use motion controls in general so I don't think that's necessarily going to be a problem but my my big concern with that is that um if they're trying to catch a market of people who want to take their console on the go, right? Yeah. Then they need to seriously figure out their shared account system. So right now, if you have uh, like game sharing or whatever, if the system is not set as your primary console, it has to go online. If you to check if you can play a game that you've purchased. So that means that anyone who buys it in hopes to have like just a a Switch console that they can take with them on the go instead of their main system uh, will have to do some sort of... They'll have to just transfer their save file or their their account over every time they want to play any downloaded games. Like... It's not the most user-friendly, and Nintendo's been blamed for this numerous times, and unfortunately, it's not a situation in which they feel they need to course-correct, or we would have seen something at E3. We might eventually see something, like, after this comes out. Maybe, like, I think the earliest you would possibly see any sort of course-correction for this kind of stuff would be maybe November. But even still, people are going to be like, oh, well, I bought this to do... To, to play more on the road so I don't have to, like, bring my Switch or... Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more convenient because I don't have to, like, pack up the big case. It all just goes into one thing. But you're nearly the same size. It's almost the size of a, ta- of a tablet. <clears throat> but so you're, think- you're, you're battling that, too. Yeah, and, and you'd think that, like, they would be able to have some sort of video output. 
even if it can't fit in the the dock that the main uh, like the OG switch came in or came with you'd think that they would still have some sort of video output capabilities so that you could get a USB-C dongle and play that way because that would make the system even more portable for if you want to take it to a friend's house so you know just they could even sell a Nintendo branded USB-C dongle that has HDMI out and that would make it an even better portable console if you want to take it to your friend's house now granted you would still have to have some sort of external controller like uh, extra joy cons or a pro controller but you know like when people if people want to do those you know the old school LAN parties where you, everyone has a TV with their console hooked up they would be able to do that but now you can't and you still have to lug around your OG switch with your the big ass dock and all that stuff if you if you want to do it that way so I don't know Nintendo it's a step in the right direction and I understand why certain things are not there, like the rumble, like the detachable Joy-Cons, IR Blaster, all that stuff, because it's a cost-saving measure, right? But you also understand, or don't understand why some things aren't there. Yeah. Like, they got rid of um, the automatic brightness control. So you can still manually change the brightness, but there's no auto brightness. Is that a huge programming thing? No. No, I think it's like actually just like a feature that there ha- there's like a what a front camera or something like that, or there's like a a sensor, a light sensor on the front that uh, they don't have. Yeah, it's just kind of weird. Like, and I I I get it. It's probably that's probably not a feature that most people will necessarily notice, but maybe people will notice because they never had to notice it before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get what I'm saying? Picking up what yeah. I'm putting down? Yeah, no. It, it, <laughs> I, I, I'm handling it. I'm handling it fine. Um, yeah, when I when I look at the announcement today, I just think it's a sl- like, sure, you're, you're targeting that market of people who maybe can't afford a full Switch, which is fine. No need to pass judgment. I mean, I didn't get a Switch for two years, and it was given to me as a gift. I wasn't rushing out to buy one, um, but I think with the the alienation of people and the size of the console, it's still a step backwards for Nintendo, and I'm, I'm not quite sure how well this will sell. This is kind of like, to me, the comparable in Nintendo's um, life was 3DS, 3DS XL, now we're going to make a 2DS that is flat and stiff. You can't fold it. But it doesn't really fit in your pocket unless you have big pockets or a hoodie. Well, it was designed for children. Yes, I understand. But and I think that's where Nintendo's going with this. Like, this is going to be for the parents who have kids and they buy this console for their kids to take with them. Or they don't have a TV that they let their kids use, right? Or, like, the kids don't have a a, a dedicated gaming TV or something like that. Which, believe it or not, is still a thing. So now that the parents can buy them a Switch Lite, they can play all the Switch games, or almost all of the Switch games, um, and they can take it wherever they go. I think it's funny how they use the game 
uh, one two switch as an example of something that you won't be able to play on the uh, switch Lite because you need the motion controls and i was thinking like is anyone even playing that game anymore everybody's playing that game anymore. it was like no. a, a launch title that essentially was just like a demo of what the controller can do i i, I don't know is it maybe is it because I'm so used to Nintendo handhelds being flippable over the last 10, 15 years. Could you imagine if they released a Switch that kind of looked like the Switch handheld controller but flipped up? So it like, would be like a combat. It would almost look like a, a Big Mac burger box. And that would be way too awkward. Well, yes and no, because the screen would be the exact same size of the two controllers um, with the little, like in the controller harness. So that's about five inches diagonally. Yeah, but that's square. Yes, I understand. I'm just saying, like, (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't surprise me if Nintendo had somebody design that and be like, this is stupid. But I don't know. I just assume, like, I think of all handheld Nintendo things now as, like, having a flip flip screen. Well, with the Switch Lite as well, uh, it's kind of like the final nail in the coffin for the The 3DS line. You know, like it's, it was kind of obvious that they had no new game announcements at E3. And then now that they are trying to make a, or, or they are releasing a version of the Switch that is dedicated handheld, you know, they are clearly getting out of the handheld, like, like separate handheld, uh, market the last game i see listed on the 2019 game release for the 3ds is june 4th the um it was persona q2 new cinema labyrinth i do not see another title going down for the rest of the year in confirmed games that are 3ds i think yokai watch 3 is coming out for it when is that game being released? Because I don't see it on this list. Uh, I'm just I'm sorting by platform. I don't see it. Maybe it's already out already. Oh wait, that came out July sixteenth, two thousand sixteen. Yeah, so you're a little off. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe four. Maybe four. Oh. I'm not sure. Have another one. Oh yeah, four. When, when's the release? It doesn't have a release date. Oh, so it's just... Oh, but it's coming on Nintendo Switch. Never mind. Yeah, so the last 3DS game, I think, ever might have been July. Or June 4th. Persona Q2 New Cinema Labyrinth. There it is. Uh, That's crazy to think about. Oh, no. Yo-Kai Watch 3, February 7th, 2019. That's still a few months ago. Yeah, Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn. I'm looking March. at unreleased games right now that haven't like don't have release dates yet. Still don't see any 3DS. I see more iOS and Droid. Like Pokemon Masters coming out Q3 at some point. Nada. Yeah. Well, Nigido. Negative though. Do do we consider uh July 10th, 2019 the the death of the nintendo 3ds i mean are we does, calling it time of uh, death t- time of death are we, are we calling what? the death of the 3ds is that what, what is 
Is that breaking of... news from the Scene on Screen <laughs> podcast? Was that the... Do we need a clickbait title for this for this episode? <laughs> Could you imagine the death of the 3DS and they talk about the Nintendo Switch light for okay, three so, hours? Uh, when was this posted? Eight hours ago. So n- noon. Oh, that's CNET. Why would CNET be posting this? The, are they also posting the death of the 3DS? Uh, I don't know. Uh, okay, so we'll say uh, time of death, 12 p.m. So are we calling it? Yeah, we're calling it. All right, hold you, on. You heard it here first, people. We interrupt what you're watching right now to bring you this exciting story. You're... The 3DS is dead. Done. <laughs> dead. <laughs> Gone. Dead. It's over. And back to you, David. You, I'm so glad you did not get into newscasting. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? It'd be like I'd be talking about something so so uh, so casually. Be like, "What you ate for dinner tonight could kill you." But more of that at six. You're just sitting at the TV. You're like, "Was it peas?" <laughs> oh my God! Was it the hungry man meal that I I didn't cook for the full? Five minutes. <laughs> I knew that Salisbury steak tasted like gravel. I don't know. Tasted like meatloaf. Is it because my microwave's only eight hundred watts and not the recommended one thousand? That's exactly what it was. How yeah, probably. You know? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's it, people. The three DS is dead. According, according to, to us. Yeah, and, and you know what we say is gospel. Um, so let's let's talk about something that's going to make Nintendo money for a while. Um, there's two things. We'll start off with the small one. There's Dr. Mario World that just came out for iOS and Droid. Or it's been released on Droid, not iOS yet. That's Android I'm, for the people who actually know, don't know what Droid means. These are not the Droids you're looking for. Yeah. Um, I think it's cool that Nintendo keeps releasing stuff onto uh, the mobile platform. They're taking advantage of a huge market. They're also making all their games. Like, I wish you could get the gold coins, but you tend to only get the platinum ones that let you buy cosmetic stuff in the Nintendo shop. But, I mean, it's a start. Mm-hmm. I mean, Super Mario Run sometimes runs promotions where if you collect X amount of coins, you can get a few coins for the eShop, which help reduce the price of stuff for you, which is kind of cool. But, I mean, Dr. Mario is just a fantastic game, and you should go out and play it. It's It's okay. Well, fine. I think it's great. It's and it's a cool it's take okay. on on Doctor Mario because so like the classic Doctor Mario is the pills drop and you have to rotate them and put them on the uh, on the little viruses. But this one, it moves from the bottom up, and so you have the option of um, rotating a pill before you pull it into. Uh, before you pull it into the, the game, right? Yeah. And then you can drag that to wherever you want to go. And it'll it'll slowly move upwards. And they added a few other things like shells and stuff like that and, and blocks. So you have to kind of defeat the shell or get rid of the shell first. And then that moves over to the side of the screen. Um, 
yeah, it's it's an interesting take on the whole Doctor Mario thing. I mean, good for Nintendo for finally taking advantage of a market that they should have tapped a long time ago. If they were to release like an unofficial NES or SNES emulator, they'd be laughing because every phone out there right now is powerful enough to play sixty-four games. That's okay, true. Most of them. The the one phone that I really enjoyed trying that on was some, uh, the phone called the Moto Z. There was also a proprietary like gamepad that you could actually add on to the Moto Z as a mod. And if you had a, a 64 emulator, you could play 64 games with the controller. Interesting. Yeah, it was actually but, really cool. It's a really inexpensive phone to pick up, too. But see, the thing is with Nintendo is that they're so very... They're so protective of their IPs that... Uh, and they're also so far behind the times that I don't think they really saw much in the mobile market. Primarily they because do. they had the, the 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 3ds, right? So it's like that was their mobile thing. Why would they invest money in in cell phone games when they are investing money in their own console, like their own handheld? Because now that they've killed off their own handheld as of today, July 10th, 2019. Seen on screen. Um, they have that money, and they're they're printing the money with the Nintendo Switch. Do you know what the other differences though like the big thing here compared to even two years ago because super mario runs about two years old right uh yeah something like that so what is different now than what happened when they first released super mario run what is the biggest difference in nintendo's landscape uh i don't know what you're talking about so the, the big thing that's making these games successful, like, as I said, Animal Crossing, um, Super Mario Run, um, and Dr. Mario World, and whatever else, or Pokemon Masters, which is coming out later this year. Am I missing any? No. Uh, no. Oh, uh, Fire Emblem Heroes. Oh, yep. I think is what it's called. So the big difference is, in the last two years, they've shut down Club Nintendo. And they've created a new interactive experience for all users on their new Nintendo website, which allows you to earn currency on their website to allow you to purchase cosmetic items, wallpapers. Um, It's still kind of like a Club Nintendo vibe, but you now have to play mobile games to earn stuff. And sometimes, as I said, they do give you the opportunity to earn gold coins, which gives you... Um, the ability to get games cheaper in their eShop. And I think now, more than ever, Nintendo is taking advantage of this market because they know if people are playing their games at home, they may want to play with the same characters while they're on the bus or on the subway or on a plane or whatever. And they're just slowly playing these games daily, building up their currency. It's it's an effective way to create microtransactions without having people spend money. But then... All of these games are very grindy. That's the you know, point, and they, though, right? And they have like the, they have the set number of, like they have like the lives per day that you can play, right? That that reset after a certain amount of time, and then they have where you can buy gems and stuff like that in game, and that's how they make their money, right? Because the games are free, and I think they, 
with uh, Super Mario Run. That was a paid game, and I think what was it? It was like fifteen bucks or something to unlock. Uh, it started, yeah. It started at seven ninety nine, and then it jumped to fifteen. And then now, like when you first download it and beat the first level, you they try and make you feel special because they go, "Congratulations on beating the first level! Because you did in such a great time, you have the ability to unlock." Yoshi, Luigi, a Toad, and this and that for fifteen ninety nine plus all the levels and the remix levels, and it's it's really unique because they're like, okay, so we're gonna take a one shot opportunity to get a microtransaction, but then we're gonna keep reminding you that it exists. Mm. See, I I bought it because I think you know like they they put the uh... they put the Nintendo sticker on it, and you went Google for it. No, it's it's a it's a fun game, right? But they uh, they didn't have all of the the little added microtransactions in it. There's no ads. At least I'm I'm just loading it up right now. Did did they add a shop? Um, not that I'm aware. Right. So you know you, the game is the game. That's what you get. And I think the price though was a little high for what it is. Because after all, it is a mobile game. I think if they had put it in the you know. Ten dollar price range, or less. That would be a little easier pill to swallow. But, but the strategy is still: we're going to give you the game for free. We're going to let you play the first few levels for free. If you're willing to wait an hour to play the next level, awesome. No, you if can't. Not, like you, you couldn't even play the next levels. Well, at, at launch, you can only play the first three, right? Yeah. Which is incredible to think about. Like that that's how that game used to be or that's how that game was originally designed right it was just like yeah you can't do anything without this boom it's over whereas now they actually give you kind of that that option like you can still play the game it's just super super grindy Mm -hmm. yeah like and and people are still playing it i guess like it's a it's a fun game to play when you're just waiting for the bus or in my case, I played this a lot when I was waiting in the uh, the emergency room when I had to take the girlfriend there many times this past year. But like, I don't know, mobile games. Would I? Would I? Today, would I pay fifteen dollars for this game? Probably not. But you have already, so you cannot say. Yeah, but I thought that there was going to be slightly more to it than this, right? So. That's fair. So. My next question is, are you glad you spent seventy nine to sixty nine or sixty nine to seventy nine dollars on Super Mario Maker two? Uh yes and no. Interesting. Go on. <laughs> so it is a very fun game. Uh I I like the story mode that they added because it kinda gives you a chance to play levels and see what the Mario Maker engine can do. Um, and the online is cool, but the levels, a lot of them are way too hard. <laughs> and it just goes to show how bad I am. Um, a few things I, do, I don't like is that there is such a huge amount of levels being uploaded all the time that when you upload a level... It's buried almost instantly. 
Yeah, unless it becomes popular because some people have started playing it. Yeah. Um, so I, I created one level. It took me maybe about like 15, 20 minutes to make. Um, and I uploaded the link or I shared the link on my Facebook page for some people to play. Um, and I think that's the only reason why it was played by other people because in order for things to show up in um, like the endless or like the random mode, it has to have been played before. So I don't know. I, I, I think there's got to be a better way to manage the levels that you can play online. Yep. There's no way to currently un. So you can like like or dislike a a a a track or a level, but there's no way to change that. Um, there's no way to favorite, as far as I can tell. There's no way to like keep track of levels that you um, have played or haven't haven't beat. Like you, sorry, they keep track of levels that you've beaten, but anyone that you haven't. I don't think there's a way to uh, save that for later, right? Yeah, it kind of reminds me of. Uh, do you did you ever play any of the Forza games for Xbox? Yes. So you remember, like after you purchased a car, you could go into the custom shop, and like it would only ever show you what the popular skins were, and a lot of them were like Monster Energy and stuff like that. But if you yes. wanted to go find like the good ones, you had to like go through pages and pages and pages. Mm-hmm. It, it's recency bias. So the the thing that I'm seeing a lot online, and I was trying uh, one of my coworkers the other day. So I knew of a few levels based off like videos I've seen on Twitch and of Donkey. Um, you could f- like you find the popular ones that YouTubers and Twitches are playing. That's pretty much what every like all the tops of the lists are right now. Mm-hmm. The only way you're gonna find like. And it's unfortunate because a lot of these people are finding like these gimmicky ones, right? Like they're they're made to be impossible, yeah, or near impossible. Every Mario game has to be beatable. That's the law to the game. You can't. It's just it's not impossible, but it might be the difference between a millimeter here and a millimeter there. Well, see, in order to publish a game on Mario Maker or a level, you have to beat it. So when I was going to publish the level that I made, I had to beat it, and it took me like it took me probably like seven or eight tries to get to the end because I kept making stupid little mistakes like either uh, not jumping soon enough or accidentally hitting a character like just little little silly things so uh, the the level has to be beatable 100% but it doesn't have to be easy and that's what I dislike about it is like I I I do enjoy a challenge, but when someone is making so so like levels that are made officially by Nintendo, you can generally figure out what you have to do. Just like by the hundred that they have in the game, right? Yeah, you can generally figure out what you have to do. And and just even in levels that are um made in like Super Mario like in their core games, right? Um but these levels now that anyone can make they there has to there's no requirement to have a almost guiding design so i was playing some levels where within the first 5 seconds i'm like i have no idea what i i'm i have to do because i keep 
going this way and I die. I try and go in this way. There's a hole there. There's an enemy there. Like all this like stupid stuff. And then I just get frustrated and change the change the level. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I just dislike that. But that just means that I'm not very good. Well, but yeah, it's like, not like these levels these levels are impossible because like I said, in order to publish it, you have to have beaten it. But that doesn't mean that like someone didn't make a level and create some sort of like secret hidden passage that they can bypass everything. But and yeah, it, like it has to be findable, right? Mm-hmm. Um and that's the one thing I, I will like some of the levels that like I tried, like I don't know if it's just I'm not like my brain doesn't work quick enough or my fingers don't work quick enough. But like when you have to like jump with something to drop something to jump on it to jump with something to jump on it to jump with something to hit a pow just to survive one spot. That's tough. Mm -hmm. Like like I found sometimes throwing Cappy and jumping on top of Cappy for a double jump was difficult because I was like, how am I timing this wrong? I don't understand. Yeah, it's frustrating. So, you are happy with your purchase or no? Yes. I, I, for the most part, I am. I think there's a few quality of life improvements that they could add to the game. Um, mind you, I've never played the first Mario Maker game. And I, I, I sat on this one for a few days. And I was trying to read online, like player criticism player praises and stuff like that but for the most part everyone was saying that it's great and i have to agree like the the game itself is very good and i think it it is something that um as long as people are making levels you'll never run out of things to do with it right like it this is a game that will never die it it will pay for itself and that's why you'll never ever 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 see it go below price Exactly. Um, I think there are certain things that Nintendo can do in future updates to improve the game even more. Uh, But for right now, I think it is totally worth the purchase. Yeah. I'd like, I would really, 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 really like to like part of me wants to purchase it, but I've already purchased the one game I'm allowed this month. And that is coming in the mail. Dream Daddy? No. (laughs) Uh, It is coming in the mail next week, and that is Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order. Oh, you bought the physical version. I did. I didn't want the digital, uh, mainly because if I don't like it, I can return it. Oh, yes, this is true. Because you can't undo digital mistakes. It's like... You can't unget a physical like you can't unget a digital game. You can't game. unget a physical. I mean, well, you can't unget that either, I guess. <laughs> but you you can't unget a physical copy or a, a digital copy. See, you just screwed up my thought process. Well, because from Nintendo. It, yeah, because Nintendo will never allowing, ref- allowing refunds of stuff. Yeah, but the worst case scenario, I order it on Amazon. Amazon doesn't give me my money back and or Amazon will give me my money back within two, three weeks. Can you actually return a game that's been open through Amazon if you purchase it from Amazon? Yep. I, I have before. 
Oh, interesting. I didn't know that was a thing. Amazon actually has like legitimate return policies. Are you getting the game? Uh, I probably will. There's like a maybe like a nine percent chance that I won't get it, and that's if it's a terrible game. Like I don't know if like I don't want to wait for reviews. I also pre-ordered it, but I'm also of the mindset that the game is going to be fun. I've watched a lot of gameplay of the game. I like the fact that you can make yourself a, a team of heroes and bad guys once you've unlocked people, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You'd never, you'd never see Magneto and Spider-Man fighting alongside Deadpool and Wolverine, unless you're playing like this crazy game, like we're playing yeah. right now. And everybody and I, has like, uh, like a OP attack, a regular attack, and movement. I think it's gonna be Nintendo, a Nintendo, because Nintendo resurrected this again. You know, and and props to Nintendo though for for bringing games back from the dead and investing money in them or just supporting developers to make sequels to games, right? Like Bayonetta 2. Yep. Uh and then Bayonetta 3. Um so I don't think Nintendo is going to necessarily allow for this game to be released in a broken state. It might obviously be lacking in some aspects. Uh but when was the last time that we had a beat em up superhero game like this that's true right so i think like just on on the that aspect it's going to sell really well and honestly like when they announced it i was super excited for it i didn't play the first marvel alliance game i played marvel alliance 2 um and that was great just uh on couch co-op and that's what I'm like super psyched for for this one, and hopefully we'll be able to play online. We'll have to figure and, out how to yeah. communicate with each other. I guess I'll have to just call you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the one thing you were saying, like Nintendo chose to resurrect this project. Nintendo, like Disney and Marvel, knows how to print money, and I think I I wonder if it wasn't Nintendo that approached Disney, but if it was Disney being like, hey. We have an idea. We want to resurrect this game. Sony and Microsoft aren't as interested in it. Would you be interested? And then Disney looked at or Nintendo looked at the books. They're like, "All right, well, let's take a look, see what we can do." Oh my God, Avengers Endgame is coming out. We can start developing this game so it's released sometime after that. Boom, match made in heaven. Like I don't know if Nintendo would have approached them first. This seems more like the other way around. Like, Disney wants to make as much money on these characters because these characters are done. They're no longer going to be in their films. So, obviously there's going to be comic book games. You're always going to have Spider-Man games. But you're not going to have a lot of, like, Avengers stuff. The Avengers wave, or uh, Avengers Phase 1 wave is dying. Like, it's... Popularity has peaked because of Endgame. And, and and if Square Enix's rendition of the Avengers Aven- is anything, ugh. exactly. So like, no more, no more Steve Rogers as Captain America in movies. He's retired. No more Tony Stark. He's died. No more Black Widow. She's died. Good. Um, Hulk got fat. Um, or not Hulk. Um, Hulk <laughs> became a professor, and Thor became fat. What if they were to do like a f- um, what's the movie with uh, Matt Damon where he's really smart? 
Um, I am Sam. No. Nope. That's, um, that's with Sean Penn. What the hell was that movie called? Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. What if they did like a Goodwill Hunting, but with Professor Hulk? Good Hulk Hunting. Ooh. Good Hulk Hunting. Good Hulk Smashing. Yeah, I'd watch that. Uh, yeah, like, and I think Square Enix was kind of was banking on the Avengers universe that Marvel, like the Marvel movies, have made. But they did such a poor job. Like, okay, so I know that they're saying, well, these are our takes on the characters, right? But you can't deny that for the last 10 years, Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark, who is Iron Man, right? Yeah. What's his name? The guy who loves Bucky. Chris Evans. Uh, Chris Evans is Captain, Captain America. Exactly. So... You can't take a you can't take a universe that everyone already knows and and ref, like recognizes and change the characters around and be like, "Yep, these are the Avengers. Deal with it." So, I I think that Sony or uh, Square Enix um, really dropped the ball on that. Like they could have. Yeah, I, I understand if the characters don't sound exactly like the actors that portrayed them, but they could have at least made the character models look somewhat closer to the actors that portrayed them. Because the first thing that I thought of when I saw uh, Square Enix's Tony Stark was, who, who was that? Like, what the hell? Um, and... I think the only person that kind of looked similar was Black Widow, but Black Widow also, the, the character is just a generic looking female. No offense to anyone, but yeah. Um, so I think the one big advantage that Nintendo has with uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance is that <laughs> it is the characters that everyone really likes and there, can. There's some obscure ones too, which is nice yeah. too. But like you're getting like you're getting Iron Man. You're not seeing like a Tony Stark character. Well, we don't know for sure if we're gonna see him out out of the Iron Man suit. But everyone can see Iron Man in that game and pretend that he is Robert Downey Jr. He is that Tony Stark, right? Like same with Captain America. Same with Black Widow. All of those those characters. Even Hawkeye, right? Um. So. I, I feel like Marvel Ultimate Alliance, you're going to get those characters that people want to play because they've been seeing them on on the silver screen for the last 10 years. But then you're also adding in all these other characters from the Marvel Universe that people want to play too. And you're getting these like, you're going to get these like epic um, team ups, right? Like you, you can play with Iron Man and Deadpool and Magneto all in one team if you want right like which would never happen but it would make for a, a cool experience right so i think th there's a lot of hype behind uh marvel ultimate alliance 3 with good cause um i i'm like i said 91 to 95 percent sure that i'm going to purchase this game probably day one 
which it comes out on the nineteenth, nice right? Yep. Ooh, I'm off that weekend too. Whoa. No, I'm not actually. Whatever, I'll still buy it and play it all night and and uh, and I th- when does when does the Avengers game come out? It's it's already pushed back to sometime 2020. See, and then uh, I think it's gonna miss that... the wave, man. It's gonna miss. Like you're gonna get, you're gonna be looking at huge Avengers fans only. Oh yeah, May fifteenth, two thousand twenty. So we're looking at almost a year from now, just under a year. And and yeah, people are in, are the Avengers boat has sailed like there will be more marvel movies but that core group of avengers are off the screen yeah it's 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 crazy to think about so like they're gonna have to eventually add all these other characters um just to kind of keep up with the marvel cinematic universe and it, it should survive seeing as the original marvel alliance didn't have that many characters, but it was like your X-Men, your Spider-Man, all those mm-hmm. guys. So right now they're just they've cracked the catalog. And the fact that you're fighting the Black Order, which is what the Avengers have like fought the last two movies, as well as Thanos and like you have Magneto, you have like all the bad guys from like Titan and stuff. Like there's a lot of really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Like to me, even watching like the um the playthroughs that were happening at E3, and the fact that like while they're around the X-Mansion like Deadpool's making tacos and then like as the story continues something goes through the window and hits him from behind and then you have the option to play as Deadpool as you unlock characters which is a better story mode than something like say Super Smash Brothers which had like literally for Smash Brothers for Switch had the worst unlocking system I found because like you would just you would make your way through an area and then you would have to choose who you have to unlock. You have to beat them, and it's just unlocked. You're not following any story. You're just walking through a forest. You're like, oh, cool, thanks. Um, when Smash Brothers Brawl came out for the Nintendo Wii, yeah, that was the one, they yeah. had something called um, Subspace Emissaries. And that story mode, you actually had to play like a story. You had to follow along with stuff. And it was also a huge maze. And if you selected a certain door, then you had to go, like, you went a certain way. And that's how you unlock characters. But, like, you actually had to play through stuff. And I think that was a little bit more fulfilling. So I'm excited to see how Marvel Alliance actually worked with unlocking characters. Yeah. And, and hopefully it's it's more of a, oh, you played this character. Now this one's unlocked. Not, yeah. like, you've leveled up Spider-Man and Wolverine. But the only way you're going to actually beat this character is if you have Beast and Mystique. Mm-hmm. I don't and, know why I'm picking I, just X-Men, but... I really hope that um, character unlocks aren't... Or, like, new characters aren't locked behind challenges. Because I know that there's a lot of people that enjoy doing, like, challenge missions, but I'm not one of them. And I know there's lots of people that don't like them. So when you lock characters, especially cool characters, there's always, like, the coolest characters that are locked behind these, like, challenge missions... When you do that, you're limiting the amount of that game that someone has paid for, essentially, right? Like, to something that, oh, that they are going to have to force themselves to do just to be able to play that character. Uh, I understand, like, 
unlocking or locking character skins and alternate costumes and stuff like that behind challenges but not full playable characters that should never be a thing and i'm really hoping that they don't have that same like i think like i mean of course you should have a few characters that are really hard to get and you have to do a few mm-hmm. things to get them but like beat like, the game like uh, my only worry would be like let's say you start off with a core group of i'm guessing the beginning of the game starts off at the X-Men mansion only because that's where a lot of the game footage has been. But companies have been known to like kind of show you other stuff as well. Mm-hmm. But let's say you start off with a core group of like Wolverine, Storm, um, Beast and Mystique or Cyclops, because like as you're unlocking players, they're helping join the fight, which is also kind of cool. Um, like there's a, there's a part where they're fighting and then Cyclops kind of joins in, but he is kind of useless throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm hopeful that it's like sometimes if you save somebody they can join your group, but if you're playing as Wolverine the whole time, are you leveling up Wolverine or are you leveling up your play style? Are you getting yourself Wolverine different moves? I mean it's a hack and slash, so you have like button combinations, so you probably have up to four moves. That's it. Yeah. Maybe a fifth one if you know a combo, like a circle, circle, square whatever from like yeah. playstation days yeah. so that's that's my only concern with the character selection because if you have the whole catalog at the very beginning of the game you're going to pick op adventures you're going to be like captain marvel boom done but is captain marvel weak against anything no not that we've seen just the kitchen <laughs> didn't she break a plate in the movie or something uh i don't know wait in captain marvel i haven't seen that movie yet Oh, I thought you were referencing the kitchen thing. There's a kitchen scene with her. She gets oh, okay. a pager. She gets the pager in the in a kitchen. Oh. She also uh, toasts bread with her fist. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, right now, I'm I'm curious still to see how it goes. I can't wait to play it. But if character unlocking is super super simple, I'm a little. I'll be a little bit disappointed in the price point of the game. Yeah, like give us some challenge, but don't make it too challenging. And don't make it as boring as Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, whatever it's called. What the hell is the Smash one called uh, for Switch? Is it Ultimate? Yeah. Maybe. Everything seems to have an Ultimate. Something like that, yeah. All right. I've got one more topic for us today before I can uh, release you to the wild like the bass I caught last weekend. My question is... Do you think, with everything EA's released in the last little bit at E3... No. Okay. (laughs) That was a show, folks. (laughs) And the recent downswing EA's stocks have been receiving after the the Apex Legends Season 2 update. Do you think EA is is in major trouble or just trouble going into the rest of this year? Like, to to finish off the sales year, they have a busy Q3 and a Q4 with um, Star Wars. You have your your perennial releases in NHL and Madden. And you have Apex Legends, which just seems to be sucking the life out of EA. Nobody's purchasing, or I shouldn't say nobody, because there are people who are, like, still dedicated to playing. Um, But some recent information has dictated, or indicated, sorry, that Twitch viewership went down from 100,000 
uh, average viewers in its first month of play to, at the end of June, only about 12,000 active viewers a day on Twitch. And now with the Season 2 um, release, they're only at about 40,000. Stock for EA has gone down 5 points over the last week since this has been released. People are still fairly worried about the Star Wars game that's coming out. And the NHL games and the Madden games and the FIFA games are still just the games that they are. I know this is a more Apex-centric um, question, but do you think EA went all in on the wrong product? Uh, I think I think Apex Legends came out when Battle Royale games were losing their popularity. However, so, I did look at the numbers. Fortnite and PUBG still average around a hundred a hundred k daily. That's like pretty crazy to think about, considering. Well, I mean, you do have some of the biggest gamers playing those games, as in um, Doctor Disrespect, Ninja. Ah, uh, what the hell is that guy's name? Dakotas. You you have a few people. Stone Mountain sixty four. These guys are all playing these games on a regular basis. Mm. I think EA's biggest issue was they paid big streamers to play their game. Kind of like when IGN asks, or does reviews for people and they get paid off to do some of these reviews or said reviews, which has never been proven, but everybody knows it. Um, they, they approach players like PewDiePie, Dr. Disrespect, Ninja, Stone Mountain 64, and they're like, hey, play our game for the next month. We're going to cut you a big check. Play our game. You can still play your game on the side, but we need you to play this game for like four hours a day. Get really good at it. Play in our tournaments. Do this, that, and the other thing. I think they did what a lot of Instagram influencers do. They bought their views for the first two months. They peaked out at about 100K. And now, like in June, near the end of the first season, they were only averaging 12K. That's an 88% drop off. Mm -hmm. That Like that doesn't just organically happen. Like, you can have a slow drop-off where you have, like, like if you told, or if I told you it was at 40,000 now over, like, a six-month span, like, okay, well, maybe not everybody's playing it. Battle Royale games are kind of fizzling out. Cool. But that, it only spiked because of the Season 2 launch, which means in about a month, it could do the same thing. People aren't happy with the extra characters. A lot of them, uh, they have one really OP character. They didn't fix a lot of what was broken with the game, which was another huge thing. But now, like, the people at EA are like, dude, what are we going to do? Respawn's freaking out because they're like, damn, this is Titanfall 2 all over again. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's just happened so quickly. I mean, mm-hmm. Titanfall 2, you can get... I can buy... For... I could buy probably 20 copies of Titanfall. Uh, maybe that's a little high. At $4 each, how many copies can I buy for an actual copy of a game? That's 80 divided by 4. So, yeah, I can buy 20 copies at the dollar store for the price of one regular price game because Titanfall 2 was so bad. But it wasn't bad. It just came out at the wrong time. They released Titanfall 2 within, like, a week of two of their biggest franchises. Or, like, it came right before or right after call of duty and right before the new uh, the new battlefield so it just that was just bad planning on ea's part 
Tankfall 2 is a, a great game, but it was just poor management from EA, which they seem to be good at. The the thing is, it could have been better. There could have been... There was no story mode in Titanfall, uh, Titanfall 2, correct? No, Titanfall 1 didn't have a story mode, but oh. Titanfall 2 added a campaign. And it was actually really good. Like, it, it was interesting. It got you connected to the characters. It was short, yeah. But for... It, like, it's one of the most fun campaigns that I'd had played in quite some time like for a first person shooter so I don't know I just think EA was really pushing pushing the battle uh, the battle royale like with that with apex because they're trying to take part of the market away from PUBG and Fortnite but those have already been super established. There's people that have put hundreds of hours into that game, into those games. They're not going to pull away from those games just because uh, a new game came out. And I think another part of what didn't really help with Apex is that it was made by Respawn. It takes place in the Titanfall universe. But there's certain game mechanics that are unique to the Titanfall games that aren't in Apex Legends that people were expecting, like wall running and stuff like that. Yeah, the parkour is very important. Yeah, so I, th- I think people were expecting like a Titanfall Battle Royale game. And if that was the case, I would probably have played it a lot more. But it it just didn't feel the same, you know. And, yeah, I think EA just really tried to push the marketing for that game. Uh, But it came out at a wrong time. And they need some sort of big, big, big hitter game. But that's the thing. Is Star Wars going to sell? Like, I'm still of the belief that... And I know there's a large chunk of the community that agrees. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. We've now seen Battlefront 1 do really well. Battlefront 2 do very, very, very poorly. Is this going to be a colossal um, EA fuck-up with the the latest Star Wars game? Are people going to forgive EA for their, their faults of the past? Or are we going to, like, are people just going to be like, yeah, I bought it. It's cool. Like, you're still, you're banking on the diehard Star Wars fans. You're not banking on the casual people who, like, I personally love Battlefront 1. I thought that game was amazing. I thought it was so much fun because it wasn't Call of Duty and it wasn't Battlefield, but it was that kind of game. It was a first-person shooter with Star Wars characters. And that was fun. The second game was so beyond A, broken, B, there was a huge controversy that was attached to it. CEA just made themselves look like idiots. I was going to say a lot more harsh things, but I realized we're, we're broadcasting. <laughs> Bunch of poo-poo heads. I have a feeling. What What's the release date for this thing? I wonder. For Star Wars? November something or other. November something or other. What are you competing with in November something or other? Pokemon. Star Wars Jedi, Fall- Jedi Fallen Order is on the 15th, as well as Pokemon. So the same day. Doom Eternal is on the 22nd. Death Stranding is on the 8th. 
You also have Planet Zoo, which is making massive waves in the pre-order department for a Windows-only game, which is crazy. Um, so, if you were to look at... Wow, are they re-releasing 13? Is that what that is? Uh, yes, it's like a... That's awesome. I did not know they were re-releasing that game. Yeah. That game was fantastic. It was like one of the best shooters of, ever of last gen. Damn, I never even saw that. That's crazy. Okay, so, I mean, that's exciting for somebody like me who liked the first one. I'm not sure how many people will play that game. But if you're looking at November's heavy hitters alone, and we can even include October, because you are going to have two different types of purchasers in quarter four. You are going to have, I need to buy this game purchaser. You're going to have that wait till Christmas purchaser. And you're going to have that middle ground where it's a Black Friday deal purchaser. Okay. There ain't no way in hell Pokemon Sword or Shield, uh, Sword and Shield, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Doom Eternal, or Death Stranding are going to be available on a Black Friday sale, correct? Are not going to be available? I do not think they're discounted. If they are, it's going to be 10, 20 bucks. Yeah. Pokemon Sword and Shield won't get discounted at all. No. Maybe something peripheral for it, which they said they were going to release, so you never know. Um, maybe there's like a bundle that we don't know about yet. On the flip side, oh, hello, cat. <laughs> On the flip side, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Does EA come out ahead and be like, they look at their numbers and then a week later be like, hey, we're going to drop it 20 bucks. So it'll be or $59.99 because EA has sometimes done that on new releases in November. The other issue is you have people who are guaranteed to buy Call of Duty Modern Warfare because people are absolutely pumped for that. Um, and then the other big game for the month of October, um, is going to be probably Ghost Recon Breakpoint. I'm, I'm looking at the games that are coming out. I see Death Stranding and Pokemon and Doom as problems for Star Wars. If you were allowed to buy one game in November out of those five titles, what are you purchasing? In all honesty. Probably Pokemon. Exactly. So yeah, I've, I've, I've now I said that because some people, even like myself, like the girlfriend and I, we deal with our finances. We determine like if, like if she wants to get something or I want to get something. We make sure bills are paid and stuff. But then it's like, oh, I think I'm going to buy a game this month. But like this month, I wanted to buy two games, so I had to decide: did I want Mario Maker or did I want um, Marvel Alliance? I was like, well, Marvel Alliance is going to allow me to play more like a story and go back and enjoy it, right? Mm-hmm. Because there, you know, there's 64 characters, so there's thousands of ways I, I can play the game. Every way is going to be different, which is cool. But if I were to look at that list and, there were, and you were like, Sean, what game are you going to buy? Thousand percent, I'd be in between. I, I'd, I'd actually think I'd pick up Pokemon first. This, See, this is a rare Nintendo win for me. See, Nintendo or uh, Nintendo... Um, EA, I think, shot themselves in the foot at E3 this year by showing... Nothing. <laughs> no, by showing a alpha footage of um, Jedi. And the problem with that is that it looked like... And I had mentioned this last episode. It looked like a last-gen or a launch title, right? Where it, it just looked 
bad. Yeah. You know, characters textures looked overly soft and environments just were kind of like bleh. So I think that also turned off a lot of people. It turned me off from the game because I I loved the um Star Wars Force Unleashed games. And the first one had that that's kind of cartoony look to it, which worked for it. And then the second one went more realistic and it worked. Like it looked great. So I think people are expecting it to look better than Force Unleashed 2. And and people have to remember that Force Unleashed 2 came out on the PS3 and the Xbox 360. So if it can look amazing on those systems, there's no reason why a game launched on the Xbox One or PS4 in 2019 looks like a launch title from the 360 or PS3. Yeah. So let, let me expand it then. If you were making a Christmas list, your your fifteen year old David, which I mean, the, these games would blow your mind at fifteen. Your parents aren't going to buy you Death Stranding. You might you might be old enough, or you might be so obsessed with video games that you're probably playing Call of Duty all the time. So a fifteen year old is a perfect example. You're looking at Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Pokemon Sword and Shield, or Star Wars. Doom's more for our generation. And our parents' generation. Doom is not a game that Bethesda should be continually making because the age group of the people who play Doom it continues to grow and they're not attacking that like that 15 to 20-year-old market that they want. Mm-hmm. So I've narrowed it down to three games for you as a 15-year-old. You, you've been given the choice. Your, your mommy has said, for your birthday, I'm going to buy you one video game. Your choice. What do you want? Pokemon Sword, Pokemon Shield, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, or Call of Duty. You're 15. Uh, Pokemon. See, I'm going Call of Duty. I'm 15. Pokemon is not cool when you're 15. <laughs> Pokemon is somehow cool for every age but 15 through like Pokemon was cool when we were 15. Yeah, when we were 15. Yeah, well, you, you're saying what? 15-year-old me. Yes, but 15-year-old me now. Are you now? <laughs> okay, fine. Like in all fairness, though, when I was my like, parents, f- like my parents would either buy me Star Wars or uh, Pokemon. So, so let let's correct it to the year then, okay? So the year is 2019, and you're 15 years old. Online play is now readily available. When we were 15, we did not have online play. We had PlayStation One, or no, we had PlayStation 15. PlayStation 15 is not out yet. No. When I would have been 15, I would have had probably PlayStation 1 or... When, when was PS2? PS2 uh, was, PS2 was when we were like 17. Yeah. Early 2000s, like 2002, right? 2002, 2003. Yeah. So I would have been... I graduated in 2005 from high school. I old. You old. So that would make it... Uh, PlayStation 2 release date. You are looking at well, I'm I'm looking at a bunch of uh, re- <laughs> you want to buy one for 86.80 on the. It was released in two. It was just gonna say 2013, but that makes no sense. Um, it came out March 4th, 2000. So I would have had a GameCube in high school. Because I didn't have a PlayStation until... I, did, I bought one when I was in grade 12 after I got a job. 
I didn't have a uh, regular Xbox, so that's it. I had uh, a GameCube and I had a PS2 in high school. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's right in that wheelhouse, right? Because I would have had a Game Boy Advance, which I was playing Pokemon on, but online gaming wasn't accessible to us. Like if you'd go play like NHL or something at your buddy's house, Modern Warfare Four didn't exist. That was the next console. That was 360 and PS3. Mm-hmm. So when we were 15, this type of option didn't exist. One-player games did exist. So Star Wars might have actually done fairly well when we were 15. Because you knew you were playing a game. There was no couch co-op. A lot of games either had couch co-op or like they were golden eyes. So you had to like screen cheat. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a little bit of everything. So if you were to correct for this year and you were 15 this year, is it still Pokemon? Based on what all your friends are playing, the hot game of Christmas. Uh, yeah, probably still Pokemon. That's fair. I think if, it was, <laughs> if I was like 15, 16, I'd be like, oh, everybody's getting Call of Duty. I could play with my friends all night. Call of Duty. So that's interesting. As a, an avid Star Wars fan, you'd pick Pokemon, no matter what situation. You know what? Like that kind of also proves to me, like EA has just crippled your trust in them. Yeah, like I'm just not impressed with how the game looks. So I probably will wait to see how it is at launch. And honestly. Because it is a single-player-only game, um, I can see it being put on sale very, very, very quickly. You know, like, the initial sales will probably be fairly good. I can see them selling, like, you know, a few hundred thousand copies in its first, like, week. And then they're going to drop down. And so then you're going to get probably a few sales right before Christmas to try and boost the numbers for Christmas. And then probably right after Christmas, they're going to have like post Christmas sales. Uh, yeah, I, I think it, it'll be heavily discounted very quickly. So I uh, just one more EA um, stock related item. Um, they spent an hour at E3 um, showing off the Sims 4 Island Living. And there's um, a fairly large um, Sims community out there. My girlfriend plays it heavily. A buddy of mine, his friend, wants to get into twitching um, the Sims 4. The Sims 4 Island Living is the first expansion pack they've released in a few years, which retails at f- like $40 Canadian. So there, there's a lot of people super upset about that as well. So now there, there's a situation out there where you have players who have been playing a game for so long and every expansion pack's been 20 bucks, and then they added a new expansion pack and they're like, all right, so this guy's going to be $49.99. That's like what the stock game is worth. But is, is, does it have twice the amount of content? It allows you to go to an island, and it allows you to essentially you can you can build on the water. There's free content that came out as well. 
Um, but it there's like I, I'm trying I'm trying to articulate. Um, so essentially, there are some deals that it has where you're like, okay, cool, this is a this is a great option. Um, like twenty bucks gets me a few new things to build with. Maybe it gives me a celebrity pack. It gives you a little bit of a story. But from what I've seen in reviews and stuff, because I've I've been watching this closely because Chris is very into it, um, a lot of people are complaining about the same things. Like for the amount of money you're paying, you're not getting a, a story, which I didn't even know The Sims had stories. But there's like different things that you can earn and learn. Um, but you're you're not getting that like course that core game mm-hmm. that you you'd want so desperately. So like a lot of people are upset because the the add-on for the expansion pack is just it's very very expensive i'm just trying to get you a a price list but (laughs) like everything else ea the origin website is just terrible um i do believe like there's some packs that range from like 4.99 to like 6.99 and then there's like um as an example the sims 4 seasons i just clicked on um doesn't have a price because I don't have an origin account logged onto this computer. Of course, yeah. So you get like different. Um, you get you get kind of like some Christmas decorations. You get um, windows that show with lights. You get different curtains. You get clothing, um, but you get like different climates. So if you buy the seasons one, it's fifty one dollars. That one's a really big one. It also does have weather, so it changes the game dramatically. Mm-hmm. But there's like a cats and dog one that's like fifteen dollars just add cats and dogs to your games or city living. Um, the problem is people are still buying this game or yeah, right now they're all up in price. So this is a terrible example because Chris was telling me otherwise. Um, but people are still buying a game that I believe came out while we were in school. Like take that in for a second. I'm just going to, yeah. um, the Sims four, exact release date maybe it was a sims 3 i bought but i remember going out to buy it and my computer was fast enough then and somehow now it's not um it was released in 2014 so i might have just been living oh that would have been sims 3 i bought then so sims 4 came out in north america september 2nd 2014 so this game is five years old and they're still releasing full bundles without releasing like a stick, like a, a Sims 5. They're not changing the graphics engine. They're not changing anything. I don't even think they're using Frostbite, considering it's an EA product. Um, Frostbite would be the, the high, like one of their better rendering programs. Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just monetizes the shit out of it. That's what they're doing. They make so much money off this game, but it's down in price. Or it's down in viewership as well. Which is crazy. So, yeah, that's that's where we're at. EA is losing money. The Switch Lite is probably not going to make money. Super Mario Maker made some money. Did we talk about anything that was profitable today? Um, Super Mario Maker? Yep. Um, oh, we... Neither of us have seen Spider-Man, correct? Uh, no. I, I intend on seeing it this week. So I actually that's... rewatched Spider-Man Homecoming last night. Fantastic movie. Good movie. The girlfriend had never seen that, so I figured she'd probably watch that one. And then I have to try and figure out where we can watch uh, Endgame so that 
uh, we can watch Spider-Man Far From Home. Without... Oh, you haven't seen Endgame, or she hasn't seen Endgame. She yet. hasn't seen it, no. So I, th- I think I think the University Theater is playing it still. So we might I might. Uh, Endgame had a there. re-release, right? I I don't know if it currently is re-released, but I did remember seeing that they were um, re-releasing it. And do you know why they were doing that? Uh, yeah, for there was a few extended scenes and a ex- a second um, post credit scene. Really? That's it. I wonder where. Let's see. Avengers? Are they? They're not playing anywhere around here. It must have been just like, unless it hasn't started yet. So it must be like a, a limited re-release. Um, to get to give you an idea for July, just before we head out for the day, I'm going to give you the top twenty games or twenty. Wow, that's a huge list. Okay, I'll give you the top. <laughs> I'll give you the top twelve because everything below is a thousand. Uh, everything else is below a thousand. So this is the most twitched games in July, based on the average live channels daily. Okay. There are some interesting numbers here. Grand Theft Auto 5 still has 1,001 average live channels daily. Overwatch, 1,018. Minecraft, 1,059. Which isn't surprising because kids love watching Minecraft. Call of Duty Black Ops 4, 1,090. Counter-Strike Global Offensive, 1,156. Now there's an asterisk beside it because tournament play brings it up to 3,000 per day. Cool? Cool. Team Flight Tactics. Never played it, but it's very... Or Team Fight Tactics, uh, 1,198. PUBG, 1,204. Um, just chatting, which is talk shows and ASMR kind of stuff, 1,231. Here's your top four. 1,301 average live channels. Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. Game's four years old. Apex Legends, 1,302 average live channels. There's one average live channel difference between a four-year-old game and a five-month-old game. League of Legends, 2,590, because everybody loves that shit. And Fortnite is 7,747. Battle Royale is not dead. Fortnite is just killing everything in its sight. Apex has finally passed PUBG, though, which is crazy. Only by 100. I think think Fortnite is still alive, mostly because it's a lot of children playing now people love it it's crazy the yeah. the the top five peaker csgo warframe fortnite dota 2 and any special events or tournament play and tournament play averages a million peak viewers fortnite four hundred twenty thousand daily viewers dota four thousand three hundred and nine uh nine viewers daily and where are you? Pokemon Crystal has 167,000. That's just a that's just a a fun one to say. I'm still going down the list. I have not seen Apex Legends yet. Ah, uh, Apex Legends peak viewer is 1,602, and that was in April. So there you go. Super Mario World has peaked higher in recent time. At 1,667. Or 1,666,727 viewers at its peak in the last month. 
or the last six months. Sorry, that's crazy, unreal. Yeah, it's uh the twelfth most popular game on Twitch, and Fortnite is number one. Fortnite needs to end. Their content is always relevant, though. Any big movie coming out or TV show launch, boom, done, boom, done. They're doing a Stranger Things event right now where you can get sucked into the upside down and fight in the upside down. That's kind of cool. That is kind of cool. But still, I'm never going to play it. Ever? No, thank you. Well, that's that's your fault and nobody else's because you are who you said we are or who we say you were. The people's choice? The people's champion. And that's literally all the time we have today. We have gone a little bit over time, but we are thankful that you stayed with us the whole time for our childish rants about everything and nothing and how nobody is making money this week. This episode was about nothing. Yeah, it's kind of like that Seinfeld series. The whole show was about nothing. Yes. Now, if you just remember one key important thing today, the Nintendo 3DS did die. As heard here first on Seed on Screen. R.I.P. in peace. You guys have a great night. Great weekend. We'll see you in a week. Take care. Peace.